Taken a, I should have taken a screenshot of what you look like right now, and that should no. be the episode cover. Mm. It's, the, it's the best I've ever seen. <laughs> you have amazing um, bedhead. I do. That's true. You really do. And by mm. amazing, like we mean it's um, no, it's fantastic. It's like your hair like go way up, way crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, I um, yeah, I have, I have, um, I have a, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to talk about my hair. Um, how are you? You went on a run. You're packing. What are we doing? I went on a run. I'm are super we t- sweaty? Okay. Yeah. Well, pick- yeah, we'll do. We'll chat before we let's do the. Official- oh, are we? Because we're like our episode is about chatting. So do you want to just jump into the chat? Yeah. Because I do. Um, just real quick, we have a couple of announcements. Why don't you – I'll go first, um, and then okay. you can do whatever. Uh, so last night we opened registration for our fall uh, Hip Sobriety School, our fall 2017 Hip Sobriety School. This is the seventh time that we are running this, and this is the best thing that I do. This is an eight-week course to really train you in how to – project to understand recovery and how to project manage uh, recovery. It's for for people that are just curious about sobriety who are still drinking. It's people who have just quit. It's also for people who have a certain amount of sobriety under their belt. Uh, and so and and by certain amount I mean, you know, a few weeks up to a few years. Um, but it's an eight week course and it does sell out every single time and registration opened last night. So we will probably have it up for a couple more days. We have a smaller class size this time, uh, as well as a few additional components that we haven't had before. You can sign up for it at thehipsobrietyproject.com. Or if you're interested in learning more and just have questions about it, you can email admin at hipsobriety.com. And we also did a webinar last night um, that I failed to advertise last week. So if you want to catch that, uh, you can email admin at hipsobriety.com. And we'll give you a link to that too. What was the webinar about? Um, How to make sobriety stick. Awesome. Yeah. And so – and then the other announcement that I have is, um, you guys, we are still – we're not syndicated. We still haven't really worked to get advertisers. Advertisers are still doing this on our own. Um, If you guys are interested in helping the show, if you listen to this regularly, um, then there's two things you can help us out with. One is you can go to iTunes and you can rate us and leave us a review. This helps us tremendously. Um, you can also listen to us through iTunes. That also helps us um, with our ratings. Uh, the third thing you can do, I guess, three things, um, is you can either buy something from our store, some merch, uh, or you can send us a small donation. And that's available at homepodcast.org. Um, that's all I got. Love it. Okay. You? Good job. Uh, yes. I I have a couple – Well. I guess just one thing. Um, 
I will be, I'm currently running uh, my Bigger Yes project. It's, we started week one today. Um, the registration for that is closed because it sold out and the program has already started. But if you're interested in participating or learning more, you can go to my website uh, and there is a section called the Bigger Yes, and you can sign up for the wait list to be notified when it opens again. I have no idea when I will do it again. Uh, I'm guessing probably in the spring. So there's that. And then the uh, I will be doing Bigger Yes workshops. They're yoga-based workshops. I uh, head out in October to do kind of a tour, and I'm going to Portland, which is Port Portland, Oregon, which I'm so freaking excited about because uh, I've never been. It's sold out in Portland, but you could catch me in San Francisco or New York City, uh, both in October registration on my website, lauramcowan.com. I would love to see you there. And I think that's it for me. Awesome. All right. Mm -hmm. So what is this episode about? Well, we're doing a check-in, which we haven't done in a while, but it's we titled it Holly and Laura are gross. And why are we titled it that? Be <laughs> because someone emailed us and said, hey, I love you guys. I've been a longtime listener, but it feels like you uh, have gotten you – know, this was a few weeks ago – have gotten off your – away from the uh, primary purpose of the show and you're talking about shit that's just gross. <laughs> I, she made a couple specific references. Do you want me to say what they were? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One was um, that you talking about how a dude had masturbated in your vagina, mm -hmm. um, which was, you know, your description of having quote unquote sex with him. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was brilliant. And then another <laughs> one was something about my boobs flat or something like that. I don't know. Um, boobs basically just, just saying like, you guys are gross and why do you need to talk about that shit? Yeah. And we thought it, we thought it was, um, fine to say that. And it's, and it was funny and we were both just like, uh, <laughs> we are yeah, yeah, we're, we're <laughs> gross. We also, we also say like a lot. Um, it's another comment someone made. And yeah. it's not a comment one person made. It's a comment a lot of people made. Um, yeah. It's the one I probably hear the most. Yeah. No, I thought it was – I think it's funny. It is – it's one of those things that I, I'm i trying to think of a time when we weren't gross. And I feel like perhaps we've just gotten – right? Because you and I have always yeah, been so pretty true to to how things are. And we've also – we've we've – I don't remember ever not – I don't ever remember skirting around issues. I think that when we talk, like, I think this is an interesting one because, first of all, like, I mean, we just, as human beings, and I don't even think gross is, like, the right way to say it. I mean, it's just, we're just, I would say, uh, I don't even want to say authentic. I don't know what the right word is. But it's just one of these things that it kind of made me think about how, the, the idea of ladylike, like what's a lady supposed to be like? And is a lady supposed to talk about uh, a man's flaccid penis? Which, by the way, we talked about like 
20 episodes ago. <laughs> At least. I At mean, least. We talk, <laughs> it's a very rare occurrence when we don't talk about vaginas. Right. Uh, oh, right. We talked we, about vaginal we, steaming in episode six. Vaginal steaming. We've right. talked about, I mean, I don't know. This is because that's how we talk in real life. And, and right. trust me, guys. There are things – there are a lot of things we that don't we don't, say. right. We definitely spare people from a lot of stuff. But I think that it's part – there's part of this, which is we have pushed the envelope on a lot of conversations from the beginning. We've we've gone into some territory before and said, oh, should I go there? Am I going to go there? Are we going to go there? But I also think it's really important to note that women – Howard Stern was fucking disgusting. I used to listen to the Howard Stern show and he – was one of the most vulgar and disgusting human beings and 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 disgusting in a way that was incredibly um degrading towards women and degrading towards women. And yeah. so I'm so glad you brought that up. That's, right. It's so fucking true. And and he was hailed for it. And I'm not saying our listeners felt that way towards him, but I do want to point out there that there is this thing where when women talk about you know like when women talk about real life things like those were those might have been disgusting descriptors but that is what happened when a Mm -hmm. guy used me for sex right like that was his purpose he wasn't interested in me as was demonstrated by all that happened after that but there was that was that is exactly what it is, right? That was exactly yeah. what happened. Somebody masturbated in my vagina. That's it. Mm-hmm. And when women say stuff like that, when women move in, into the side of, you know, like here's a really here's a really perfect example. A couple of months ago, maybe about a year ago, I was walking with one of my friends. He was dating a tall woman and he mentioned that he wanted to climb her. He was excited. He liked this. Like he he had been talking about the type of women he liked and their and their bodies and their breasts, their tits, whatever. And he said, "I just want to climb her." And then we go. We sit down. We're having dinner. And this is when I'm dating somebody, and this guy that I'm dating has a really big penis. And I say to him at dinner, I was talking about how good the sex was, and I was like, "Well, his dick is really huge. So that helps." And he was like, I he's he was so disgusted and offended, um, like personally offended. And he says, <laughs> that's so inappropriate. I'm so disgusted. I'm not going to have that conversation with you. And we've had so many conversations about women's boobs and the size of women's boobs. Mm-hmm. And I just was so upset at that, like. I have not gotten over this yet because it's still so upsetting. Were you embarrassed? Were you I was at first. I was totally embarrassed and ashamed. Like he did he 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 accomplished what he wanted to accomplish, which was to shame me out of having a conversation. Mm -hmm. He said it was gross and it was inappropriate and he was just disgusted. And I was so upset because we just had this conversation about him like that's like climbing a woman. He said, I want to climb her. What right. is that? What's the difference? And so I think that there is this, I don't think we're gross. I think we're actually just, we're not intending to be gross. And sometimes I do like to push the envelope and I do like the shock value of some of the words we use, but that's also to further an agenda that women should be able to talk about 
things without being labeled gross, disgusting, inappropriate, not ladylike, and That's and right. on and on and on. And so I burp, I fart, I have sex, I have have talk about it. I talk about it. Uh, I do talk about physical aspects of my partners. I talk about things that are related to my anatomy and all sorts of stuff. And I don't think it's because I'm a disgusting human being. I think it's because I'm a curious human being that feels like we should be able to talk about a lot of things. And so. Yeah. And you're, and you're a human being who's just telling the truth about what, about some stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I was laughing last night and that was very well said, by the way, I was laughing last night about, cause I, I'm in a bit, I'm, I feel like I'm running a really long marathon, like an ultra marathon, as I know you feel you are too right now. There's like, I'm carrying a lot of stuff and, um, and sometimes I hit the wall and last night was, I, um, was one of those nights. I, for many reasons, work, personal life, all of it. I, around five, I was like blind. I was so tired and, and it just, I hit this wall of exhaustion and I went, um, I dropped my daughter off at play practice and I got, and I, her dad was going to pick her up. So I knew I didn't have her for the night. And I, um, went and got a huge steak and cheese calzone, which is like a pizza, a large pizza folded in half at this place. And I ate almost the whole thing, which, which I don't care that I ate almost the whole thing. It just, it, it was so much food that it made me, it made me feel like physically ill. Yeah. You know? Like uh-huh. I knew when I was doing, I knew when I was doing it, I was like, I'm <laughs> basically putting myself to sleep. Right now. <laughs> and then, um, and I, I had plans to write and do some other stuff. And I knew like halfway through eating this is like, nothing's going to happen tonight. And then I, I started to get a my I started to feel myself get a migraine. Um, so I boxed up what was left of it, drove home. <clears throat> and then as I'm sitting there, just like kind of thinking in my kitchen, I open the box back up and I eat the rest of it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> just like full on, you know, this mindless um, eating. And it was awesome. And I loved it. And then I um, had opened, I had ta- I had op- bought this package of blonde Oreos that we took to the beach the other night. And I opened the pack and just had some b- blonde Oreos top it off. And I get, like got into, I stripped down to my underwear. I hadn't taken a shower yet, by the way, for the second day. And I was, and I'd run twice. So I was really stinky and icky, gross. And I got into my bed and <laughs> I was like, I, when I don't have my daughter, sometimes I live like um, a, a fraternity boy. Yeah. <laughs> like I live like a fraternity boy. I, if you looked in my, in my refrigerator, it's like sad. I eat like the most convenient, gross junk food and I'm a gross person and I don't care. I kind of love it. And I was laughing because I'm like, this is what we're talking about tomorrow. The fact that, you know, like if people only knew how, how, whatever. It's just, to me, it's the, I also love it. And I love how we talk. And I thought it was the strangest part about receiving that was that it's like, she'd been listening to a different podcast for the past two years and was somehow like Mm -hmm. stunned by this recent conversation. 
Well, there's also uh, this. Like, I think you just brought up something that's also really important, which is that when we are in addiction, like when I was, I'm trying not to say like, if I'm speaking slower, it's just because I'm trying to cognitively push my way out of saying, you know, and like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway. I know, you know is mine. It's like, it's see, there it is. You know, is mine too. Uh, anyway, so, but when I was really sick, there were four or five day stretches where I didn't shower, where I really smelled like trash. I mean it. Mm-hmm. I really smelled like trash. I, I reeked of booze. My hair, I was so dirty. I had so much food on me from like, if you can imagine what a binge and purge cycle was like, it was, mm. if it was a four day one, four day period, you can imagine this. This is, Probably like three to six bottles of alcohol a day. Remember, I'm puking this up. I'm not ingesting all of it. It's not getting through. And then it's usually about – it could be three to five inches a day. And that's uh, three trips to the grocery store or three deliveries of food. So that is at least – let's just say for average – for an average sake, let's say it's five bottles of booze and it's – five or three grocery bags of food. And I mean that. Mm-hmm. Like, I would eat mm-hmm. a couple of loaves of – it was just – it was a continuous thing. And then not showering and then sitting in a bed doing that. And that's yeah. – and then not brushing my teeth and, and having – smelling like puke. And that's – that's not disgusting. Like that is reality. That's the reality of what happens to people when they lose – self-care and they lose care for themselves human bodies are what does pima say i mean they're just bags of bone and shit and pus Mm -hmm. and piss and blood Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that's that's the human body the human body is gross and disgusting and so i think we're from the beginning when i'm talking about sticking a toothbrush down my throat the same toothbrush i'm brushing my teeth with to get puke up that's the truth of addiction. That's and that's not gross and it's not disgusting. It is what it is. And when we perpetuate this idea that covering that up and not talking about that is, I mean, where do you draw lines between that stuff? And and you really can't. Right. So. Yes. That, I'm glad you brought that up. It's, it's so so true. And how happy are so. people when they have this moment of listening? How happy are are you when you connect with somebody? There are other people out there that have used toothbrushes to make themselves puke. And I know them now. Mm-hmm. And that is yeah, such right. a – do you know that? Like that's one of those things where you're you're I, you're I saying I am the most disgusting, fucked up person in the world. I use my toothbrush. And then you find five other girls that have done it and you're, you're not alone anymore. So it's just – anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or women that have been, you know, wiping their white walls – wiping maroon wine vomit off their white walls right. come up to me and say, I'm so glad you told that story. Right. You know? right. So that's why we're calling this Laura and Holly are gross. I, I was all Holly, Holly Laura. gross. <laughs> yeah. And, but we're doing a check-in, which we haven't done in a while. So we're going to, let's just start. Um, what do you want to start with? I'll go first. Pick the topic. I uh, love we never start with love. Love. We never start with love or sobriety, but let's do love. Yeah, love is um, going to be the – it's – there's uh, 
uh, I don't, I don't want to say nothing is happening, um, because that's not really true. There's no human, there's no person in my life right now. I'm not for the first time in a very, very long time, maybe ever. I'm not spinning about someone or kvetching about certain, you know, relationship, not obsessing. I I don't have anything going on like, like that. Um, really kind of put that on the shelf and it feels right and smart and good and smart in that just for what smart in what, in the, the way that that's, what's best for me right now. And, um, I'm not, I'm not, um, uh, sad about that or like there's no heaviness around it, you know? Uh, and I've never really had that before. Like I'm, I'm really focused on my work. I'm focused on my move. I'm focused on Alma. I'm focused on a lot of other things. And I've allowed that to just not take up space. And it feels, uh, it's something I've never really done before. Um, and it, it doesn't feel like it was a choice, but it's also just a culmination of getting really tired. (laughs) Uh, of doing that and uh, yeah, that it wasn't getting me, you know, what I wanted and I'm okay to wait. Um, I feel like it's just in a waiting, waiting place. And that feels, feels nice to say the least. Um, you know, a couple little, little notes that I've been thinking about lately. One is that my, this week is always an interesting week for me because it's September 15th is my ex-husband's birthday and September 16th is our anniversary of our wedding. Okay. And it's been, so we got married in 2006. Um, so this would be 11 years since we got, is that true? We got, yeah, we got married in 2006. So this would be 11 years. And I just always feel, you know, um, like I, I remember, what this week is. And I, and I always feel something around it. And I would say it's been, now it's been five years since we have, um, officially like since he moved out, he moved out in July of 2012. And it's, so it's been five years. And I will say for me, it's, I am really finally, truly, um, at a place where I, there's not heaviness around it. You know, I don't have like, like I, he and I talk about his, the girl, the woman, I shouldn't call her girl, the woman that he's dating. And we talk about, you know, his, he, he talks to me about that and I've, haven't met her or anything. Um, but there's like, you haven't met his girlfriend. Okay. Uh-uh. Really? No, I think I've okay. never met. I've never. Oh no, that's not true. I have met one of the women he's dated. He, she wanted to meet me, and we had lunch one time. And that was, that was weird, interesting. Um, but I, yeah, I haven't met her. I know it is strange because it's been a while. I think that'll probably happen this winter, maybe yeah. around like when we do the house or something. But yeah, for the first time, it's not that there's nothing there. There's always going to be something there, but it doesn't. Like, it feels like it's really finally, like, I'm, I'm, um, 
through the biggest part of the grief and, and God, that was a slow burn, you know, it's it's five years and there, I'm sure more layers will be revealed, but, um, that's, I think got a lot to do with where I'm at too. You know, like it took me, I said that to one of my friends the other day, like I'm still, like I still finally, I said, I still, I'm finally at the point where I feel, you know, settled in not being with him and what happened and that I didn't, you know, I don't have, I don't have to have a story about it anymore or the story that I have is fine enough for me. And uh, God, I never thought that would be the case ever. Yeah. I never thought I would see his name on my phone and be like excited to talk to him, you know, or yeah, just look forward to talking to him. He's like, he's a good he's dude. Dear, he's a good dude and he's dear to me. And I'm, you know, it's one of the biggest joys of my life and the biggest blessings of my life that I get to be his friend. Um, yeah, it's, and it's rare and special and almost lucky for it, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like a funny little anecdote and then we'll move on from this topic was like last night after I had my, you know, after I had the calzone and I, I, um, got, (laughs) I I think I, you did. I was in the middle of like five million things, so I was. No, just, I know, and I, I wasn't. Was I'm like, not saying bye. like, oh Good my night. god, you didn't answer me. <laughs> it was just really funny because I, I, um, I texted you and I said it's, it's like six thirty or something. Mm-hmm. I said it. I can't do anything else today. It's six sixteen. I'm going. Oh yeah, six sixteen. I'm going to bed. Good night. And I went. To, I like passed out in my bed, and. I was so out that we had taught, I had been in touch with, with him. Um, and Alma really wanted to come back to my house last night. I was like, look, I'm toast. I'm done. I can't, you know, if, uh, if you really want, if she really wants to, that's fine. It's always fine, but I'm in bed literally. And I don't think he took me seriously cause it's ridiculous, you know, like seriously, she's in bed at six 15. So he, he was like, we're coming over. And I missed all these texts. We're coming over. <laughs> I, I wake up. I like come to, to like knocks on my door at eight, eight, like eight o'clock. And, um, and there are him and her. He's like, and I answer the door. I have like no clothes on. <laughs> he didn't see that luckily, but I mean, who cares? We did. He's seen it a thousand times, but it was more just like, what is happening? I was so confused. And he's like, what are you doing? And like, I told you I was going to sleep. And she comes <laughs> in and goes to bed with me. And I was so out of it that I still didn't even remember that happening until I woke up in the middle of the night and she was with me and I was so discombobulated. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh shit, he saw me. Na- what, what happened? He just saw me naked. That's so weird. Oh God, my I'm God. Sorry. Well, I, that's so funny. I go to bed at like 6.30. So I'm like, that's not odd at all. Yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite things. I kind of have a pride around it. Like how early can I get into bed? I know. And fall asleep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that's my love story right now. What about you? I don't have anything to report. What do I have to report? I have nothing to report on this. Um, Nothing. I mean – yeah, nothing. I don't have anything to report on it. Uh, I'm sitting here trying to conjure up at least one story, and and I wanted to put my fucking face through a wall. <laughs> 
right? Yes. One of the funniest things you've ever said, this total sidebar to me. (laughs) And it's it's made me laugh like out of nowhere on my own in my car or even in the middle of talking to people. (laughs) <laughs> when you when you were living with your, when you were living with your mom uh in in August and you quit coffee and you <laughs> talked to you one day and um you were like I realized I I needed to to stop because I was talking to my mom after I'd had coffee and I felt like <laughs> fucking Kool-Aid man. <laughs> <laughs> the Kool-Aid man that just busts bust through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> it was the best visual ever. <laughs> it's the best visual I've ever oh, it's had. The best, it's actually the best description of how I felt. <laughs> yeah. I'm sweating and crying. Oh my god! Spit. Um, oh so, yeah. I, I, sorry, but I had to share that. More people need to feel that than just me. <laughs> yeah, and that's a good reason why I quit coffee. Um. Mm. Okay. No, but uh, so, but anyway, yeah. it's just this, it. it's the, it. it's just when you are single for seven years, then we're gonna talk. Anyway, next okay. topic. What do you? What was next? Uh, sobriety. We're reverse ordering well, all this. I think everything I want to say about where I am with sobriety is in the episode we just aired today. Yeah. Great. So. 103. Which is 103, y'all. and today is Wednesday. A-Evolution. A- A-Evolution. Yeah, that's a- what evolution. I want. Yeah, I think that that's actually incredible. Oh, coming up on three years. I know. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. It's okay. crazy. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. What is your sobriety date again? September 28th. Okay. Yeah, that's nuts. Man. Man. <sighs> you. Uh, it's just, it's interesting being back in San Francisco, um, not because of my sobriety, but just because of, um, and we're talking about sobriety. It's always, there's always such an interesting one to talk about because it's so hard to, to, you know, talk about the status of your sobriety. So for me, it's interesting being back in San Francisco and also starting, it's more about this, um, I would say yesterday, Megan and I signed. Oh, there's my there's my loogie. I know I'd spit something. Um, <laughs> You're so I, gross. I am disgusting. Um, seriously, really disgusting. Uh, yeah, it's we Megan and I rented a like shared workspace, and yesterday we were among in these like typical San Franciscans, uh, techies, whatever you know. There was it. It is such a caricature of itself. It's not mm-hmm. even funny. It is exactly like it's portrayed in the commercials. It, it's the amazing. TV shows. It's never. It's yeah. It's. I can't it's wait amazing. to come back and watch the caricature of itself. Yeah. Uh, so we were. So we were. I don't know. We're in this shared workspace, and 
it's so different than LA because five o'clock hits in LA and everybody's gone and five o'clock hit there and people were working still. And I love that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I'm walking home and people are, there's lots of bars between where that office is and where my home is. And there were so many people at happy hours. And I thought that was, I don't, it's just this, I, it's hard to explain, but it, it's this moment in my life well, I'm so used to not drinking. It's so right. my normal. It's been five years. And I was also thinking about how uh, it's been, I guess, 2014. Let's see. Three. <sighs> March. Yeah, it's been three and a half years since I left my job. And this is the wow. first time. Yeah. So I'm walking home yesterday, and we'll talk about job in a second, but it's been three and a half, five years since I stopped drinking, three and a half years since I've been in a normal schedule at work, three and a half years since I've been among people uh, throughout, the, throughout the day. Right. Uh, and, and, and basically it's where I was living when, before I, when I left San Francisco, I, I was in Union Square. I was not within the young drinking culture. And so it's. It's hard to explain, but we're talking about sobriety, and I guess I want to say that I, where I'm at with it is in a uh, – oh, my God. I don't even know what the right word is. It's just more it's, – it's very odd to me how much time has gone by. It is very odd to me and how, and how alien these rituals feel. Yes. And right. how I just – don't even identify with it anymore, nor can I even imagine what it's – it's so abnormal to me to leave work and go meet your buddy and have a drink. That doesn't right? – that is not my reality because I don't leave work and I don't meet buddies for drinks. <laughs> right. And so it was just – I and it's in my face right now. And so not in a bad way, in just a way where I am – it's – I'm seeing it. It's my norm. My normal is so different and it's, it, there's no, it's hard to, as I'm walking by it and I'm looking at it, it's, it's so alien. It's hard to even understand what that means anymore. I get it. I know what you mean. I'm so on this path and I'm so in this other world. I'm in this bubble almost that, Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, I don't know. And I think I was just thinking this because I know that at the beginning it feels so weird to not be in those situations. God. So weird and yes. so isolating to not be in them. And I guess I'm saying it because I'm at this point where it is so weird. And I've talked, we've talked about this before. It's weird when people drink around me. It's weird. All this stuff is weird. But this specific, this ritual of what, of going out for drinks after work uh, is so weird and so different that it just, it's surprising. And, um, yeah, I guess that's it. No, that's good. I'm glad you said I that. walked by this this gallery yesterday, 111 Minna, and I used to get I mean, I lost I lost an iPhone there once and it uh it's just this place where I've had so many of my memories. I don't know what it is any like I walked by yesterday and I was like, "Oh, 111 Minna is still around." And and it just was my old stomping grounds for parties and yeah. and all sorts of different things. I had friends who were artists that had gallery openings there and it was just full of people and it was so, oh my God. Do you feel, do you get nostalgic for any of that? 
I feel old. I feel really (laughs) old and I'm not, but I just am very surprised by how old it makes me feel. My sister's husband turned, my brother-in-law turned 49 yesterday, uh, two days ago. And I had this moment. I was just like, it's about 12 years from in 12 years. I'll be 49, 49 seems old and 49 makes 37 feel so young. So I don't, I have this new lease on feeling young, but I also felt really old very old. I get it. Walking I get by, it. <laughs> walking by a place I never left, remembering entering, or something along those lines. You yeah, know? I get so. it. I totally get it. It's very trippy. Yeah, and it also makes me excited because I, I feel like um, I can, I do feel like this other part. I had to like kind of kill my social life, and I had to really turn that part of me off. And I'm ready to have a social life again. I'm ready to have community oh my again. God, me too. And so, and I have it. I'm going out dancing. It's Wednesday and I'm going out dancing tonight. And oh, so it's, so I know, I like know. Of my friends. So it's the makeout room. Um, so it's just, yeah. Yeah. Sobriety has um, evolved. So I'm, the you know when I, I'm moving to um, in a few weeks, couple weeks, and I it's going to be Halloween soon, and I have this really great deck in the new place, um, and it's got a built-in bar, you know, which yes. is funny. Um, but I I was like I'm going to have an I'm going to have a Halloween party, and I'm not going to just have it like on Halloween you know what, so the kids can do, it. I'm going to have like a Saturday night Halloween party with adults and kids. And I was excited. I have not had, I have not entertained people since I moved into this place three years ago where I live now. Yeah. Three years. And that I yeah. am like, I have always been like, I was the, especially, well, no, just always, I've always been like kind of central, you know, in my groups of friends that I would always have people over. It was always like the, just like my mom, like kind of my house was where people went, you know? Yeah. And I've, I have, I had to shut that all down in sobriety and, and that's, that's okay too. I loved, I love also not doing that. And I don't think I'll ever return to exactly the way I used to be. Right. Um, I mean, not just, not just because of the drinking, but just, I, that's not how I really that's was not, right. I, what I, well, yeah, it's not how, what I want. Um, but I am so excited. Like it wasn't a. You know, if I had done had people over here any sooner, or you know, there was this sense of like really fragility around. Oh my God, if I have people and they don't come, or I, it's still there was a weirdness around drinking or not drinking. And I know that now, like, I'll have people over, and, and it, there was zero hesitation or weirdness. It was just like the excitement that I used to have about having people to my place. Yeah, <laughs> and I never, ever, ever thought that would happen again. So that was really sweet. No, that is. Um, it is like this very, um, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it is. It's like learning how to live again. It really is. There was a TV show that my mom and I used to watch called Starting Over. Did you ever watch Starting Over? Yeah, yeah. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, but it is. It's just like starting over. I don't know why I read. That's a terrible reference. Let's move on. Okay, how's your sobriety okay. doing? <laughs> <laughs> um. We already did my sobriety. We're on to the next one. Wait, are we? Oh my god, that's right. Okay. Um home. 
Well, home is super exciting. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm moving. <laughs> and I'm going to be where I want to be. Can I, I'll tell one small story that is like the coolest thing that's happened to me in a really long time. Did I tell this story about, no, I only told you like on the phone. I didn't say it, talk about it on the show. So, okay. Um, I am moving to Marblehead and which is a town next to me. And I, my story about, uh, or my, my intern entry to Marblehead was after my husband and I had Alma, like immediately after we moved to Colorado for a really short period of time. We lived with my dad. We lived with my brother. It was overall just completely, um, it was the hardest one of the hardest times of my life, if not the hardest for many reasons, we were, we were in it and we were in pure survival mode and it was, ugh, it was just wall to wall pain and yuck. And aside from Alma. And, um, so we moved back and, and the way that we got back here was my husband, my husband, then his brother offered for us to come move in with him and his family. Uh, in Marblehead. And I'd been there like to have dinner with them maybe once or twice, but I didn't really know anything about it. Um, and we did, we moved in with them. And the day I got back, it was, I, I know it exactly now, it was August 21st, eight years ago. And I got back and uh, it was like a super hot day. And I was, I had not even predicted how much I would miss the ocean. Yeah. Uh, until I left it. And just the smell of being back by it. Um, I stripped down to my swimsuit and like literally took off out the house towards the water without saying anything to anyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> bye, I gotta go. I gotta, I got something to do. So I ran to, I ran to this one, um, park and it's, it's, it's a park. It's called a park, but it's really just, um, like a part of the the shore, but it's all rocky. And it's, um, when it's high tide, you, it comes all the way up to the seawall and you can just jump in like right from the steps, the concrete steps and swim. And that's how it was when I went out there that day and I got in and I, I started crying. It was like, it was so cold and it felt so beautiful and it felt like, Oh my God, I'm home and I'm going to be okay. And I hadn't felt like I was going to be okay for so long. And I was just like, it was like, I, I think we've talked about it, but it was a moment where I said, like, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life, this moment right here. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that happened. Okay. That was eight years ago. And since then I've moved all over the North shore. Um, but I've never lived in Marblehead. Um, and I kind of never thought I would because, all my ex-husband's family lives there. And I just, you know, I was like, I don't, not that I love them, but it was like, I just, that's not mine. It's not yeah, my place, but yeah. I still, but I have this like draw to it and I just always have. And I seem to I, over the years, I've spent a lot of more time there. I seem to know more people there. I mean, it's like a, one of the most gorgeous places that I've ever been to. And, you know, like how San Francisco is a character of itself is same with this place. This is like, if you imagine New England, like a New England coast town, it's exactly what it is there. You mean the people or the looks of the buildings? The looks of the landscape. Okay. And yeah, and maybe the people, but more the landscape. Okay. So 
I have, have slowly like had it in my head that I'm going to move there. And I thought it would be next year, but I found this place, couldn't pass it up. So when the equinox, uh, the equinox, the full moon happened a, a few weeks ago, which was August 21st, exactly eight years from when I dunked myself, I went out, uh, I, I was laying in my bed actually, and I hadn't really been watching for the you know, that the eclipse was going to happen. And I was like, didn't, I wasn't really, I didn't really care so much, but all of a sudden I, I was like, this is, this is a big deal. I kind of want to go check out what's going on. Right. And so I decided I would take my work stuff and go over to Marblehead and find somewhere to sit and like check it out. So I went, I went there and I was going to go to this one park and all of a sudden I was like, you know what, you know, what? I'm going to walk over to the park I was just talking about. So I went over there and there were two old people. It was a really hot day. Again, there were two old people swimming in the water. <laughs> two old people. They were. They're like, you know, in their 80s type old people swimming in the water, which was just awesome. And it was high tide again. And I was in like shorts and a tank top. Like I was not in any, I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me that I might go swimming. But I went to put my feet in the water and the woman was like, get in. How are you not going to swim? And I was like, I should totally swim. So eventually I got in and I started swimming and it felt the same way that it did eight years ago. It was like, holy shit. And all these memories. Like a homecoming. Like a homecoming. And oh, and I had just signed, you know, on this new place like two days before. So, and, and it's like, hundreds of feet away from this, from where I'm swimming, my new place. So I'm just overwhelmed with these sort of, again, this like remembrance of what happened before, but just like this homecoming, like I'm, I'm here and I'm back and I'm going to live here like this. It just blew my mind. So I'm swimming, they get out and um, eventually I stopped swimming and they were sitting up on the, the steps still talking and the woman leaves and the, the man starts chatting with me and he's like, you know, just chatting like people do sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, where are you gonna, where, where are you from? And I'm like, I actually live, you know, in this town now, but or the town over, but I'm moving here in about a month. I just signed on a place on, I gave him the, the street name. And he said, no way, I lived at blah, 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 you know, gave me the exact address for, of the same street for five years. And it was the exact address that I'm moving into. (laughs) (laughs) And I just stared at him for a minute, just stunned, like, what, are you sure? And I said, you mean this building, you know, described it. He's like, yeah lived right there five years. Me and my wife moved there sight unseen from Texas. Uh, after and they, I retired. they're in your same apartment, right? Like they're in your exact same, same apartment. Exact apartment. Like yeah, I, so fucking crazy. I confirmed that that was the exact same one. Like I gave him very specific. He's like, yeah, that's the one. And he saw, he did not think this was weird at all. I'm sitting there like my jaws on the ground. Um, and he's like, yeah, that place, it's the center of the universe, I tell you. <laughs> like, it so is. It so feels like that. 
Well, it's just one of those uh, things that gives you this, like, it gives you this idea that you're in the right place. I don't know. It's, it's like, yeah. it's like yeah. new, and, numerology or. Um, totally. And these things, you know, I'm, I, you and I numbers. are like not surprised when this stuff happens, but still continually surprised every time something happens like yeah, that I know. because it's miraculous. And it is. Um, it's completely. So I sat there and talked to Roger for about 30 minutes. Just saw him the other day at Starbucks. We're friends now. <laughs> and that happened. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm very excited and home feels, I'm, I'm really, this feels like the first, I posted to Instagram that I've moved uh, 14 times in 16 years. And this feels like the first really intentional move Yeah, that I haven't done, you know, just all of it feels very intentional. I feel, and it is, I, you know, it's my first sober. I, I got sober where I'm living now. Right. So, well, it's great. Cause it's also this chance to get rid of anything. I got rid of so much stuff that, um, was tied with, with drinking and, and right. Like my mattress and my, 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 my side table, I just got rid of my side table that had, that I used to use as an ashtray. I used to clean up like, uh, so I think it's really important to, I do, I think it's going to be really great to move out of the space that you and your daughter clean the walls together in, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. like getting to bury that, to really cut that part off and let it go. I think it's so freeing to let that shit go. It, that all of that stuff has energy in it. And I know not everybody can move once they get sober and it's, I don't mean to say that, but I do think when we get these opportunities to release clothes, relationships, stuff that is so tied to parts of us, it's just such a, it's such a freeing thing. So it's so freeing. I mean, and even, you know, like I, I have a lot of furniture still from when we were married and uh, I'm sold off all of that and it felt I, if I would have done that any sooner, it would have felt, you know, it would have been sad or just unnecessary. And it feels very, it feels really good. Yeah. So there's that. That's my home. That's awesome. Sitch. You? Uh, I'm back in San Francisco. I think I talked about it on the last episode. I'm just, I'm home. Yeah. I'm just, there's nothing really to add to anything. I'm yeah. home. I'm really home. And that feels great. I, oh, I was in no. an Uber yesterday. I went and met one of my friends, TJ from who we did an, an episode with. Um, I met him in the, he Cast- was so great. He's a really wonderful man. Um, I met him in the Castro and we were walking around and I saw like, there was a naked guy at the sock on his penis. Um, there's a lot of naked <laughs> dudes that walk. It's just a thing. And TJ says something about him, and I just I said that's as if it was the first naked guy I'd seen, and I've been back for eight days. <laughs> and I said, oh, no, he's not the first naked guy. I mean, I'd already seen, like, five naked guys because um, right. they're also hanging out in the upper hate right now. But there was just that sense of, like, this is my place. And then I got in an Uber, and the girl screamed at me because I couldn't see her, and then – we were driving and this girl was from L.A. and she had moved to San Francisco and she was just about to leave and go back to L.A. She hates it here. And we were just laughing about how we we're the opposite of each other. 
And, uh, hmm. but it's, it is, it's just, uh, it really is, uh, it's home. It feels so much more home than it did when I left. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it is. It's great. And that's all. This is boring. That's a boring story. Next. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> all right. Um, I live in and San Francisco last- and it's great. Uh, and it's great. And I take Muni and drink fancy decaf coffee and there's a matcha bar and I work with techies on my, I have an Apple Mac and I work at WeWork. We all wear the same pair of hipster glasses and yeah, it's really Mm -hmm. fantastic. (laughs) No, I mean, it just feels, it's where I fit in the most. I don't, it makes so much fucking sense to me to be here. The people here make sense to me. Everything here makes so much fucking sense to me. It just does. I don't feel like I am out of place anymore. I feel as if I am in exactly the place that I understand how to be. I don't know. Yeah, I get it. I love it. How's your work going? Work is uh, big and wonderful. I wonderful in that I, I feel I'm, I'm in it, you know, I'm really in, in the thing right now. And yeah, you're doing like three at, things. Uh, yeah. I've got some big stuff going on. I, like I said, at the beginning, I feel like I'm in kind of an ultra marathon. Um, but it feels great. I, I lot, what are you laughing at? Nothing, but you keep on using this reference of an ultra marathon. I don't even know what an ultra marathon is. And, and, and a marathon, to uh, be honest, it seems stupid. hard enough. <laughs> it is. I will never run an ultra marathon. It's like it's like over a hundred miles, and it's just it's it's like so big. It's stupid, but I use it more than a marathon because I have a reference point for a marathon, and I feel like I'm doing something. <laughs> yeah, I've and for me, I don't before. have a reference point for a marathon, so I'm just like, why do we have to make it an ultra marathon? I feel like, like this you're is so annoying. Shut re- up. No, it's not that. It's just so far right. out of my perspective. A marathon seems hard <laughs> enough. <laughs> Right. So, so it's like yeah, running an so ultra I'm, marathon. Got it. I am in the in the weeds with my book, which feels great. I am. What do you mean in the weeds? Feels, That's, well, that makes I, it sound like you are hacking at something and it's not moving. Oh no! I mean, just like I'm, I'm really in the game of it. Okay, I'm, I'm in it. Uh, I'm finalizing the part of my book, uh, one part of my book for my agent and. Um, and that will be sent off soon. And then I just launched my program, my, the bigger yes project that I literally sent the first email out for our first lecture this morning and that's underway and I've got path going with Meadow and I'm heading off to do workshops in October and all the, it's like everything is firing at once, uh, but it feels really great and I feel I feel like, okay, so I've been at this a year and a half now since I quit my job, not even a year and a half. And I feel like I'm finally like used to not going into an office, waking up and working at home or wherever I work. Like I'm, I'm sort of settled into that routine now, you know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't feel scary or like I'm doing something wrong or I, you know, I trust my my own, there's a big fear that, that I had about my own discipline, my own right. lack, you know, ability to manage myself, yeah, manage my I time, agree. manage Same. my money. Yeah. 
It's crazy, I right? It's crazy. It's a crazy it's, amount of responsibility to not be told, like to trust that you yourself are going to be the one that you answer to at the end of the day. Especially someone like me. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. mean, I'm. I mean, I. People say this to me a lot, like, "How do you? How are you so disciplined?" Mostly because I run a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you have no fucking idea how undisciplined <laughs> this girl is. When like, they say I, that, just send them to me, and I'll. No, I'm just kidding. I, I know, but it's true. I'm not. <laughs> no, but that, you do come off as disciplined. You wake up at four thirty in the morning and you write, and then you are disciplined, right? You may procrastinate, yes. but you do have a very large, like, a surprising amount of discipline. You do get stuff done. I get a lot of stuff done, but it doesn't feel like discipline to me, uh, which is why I can do it. It feels like, I don't even know, but it's not, I, the type of person I am, I don't do very much stuff that I don't want to do. Yeah. Like I just, I know I don't, and I can't. And if this, I, it's just, I feel like it's like that because I feel aligned, you know? Yeah. So well, and you like what you're doing. You enjoy love, what you're doing love. and you feel very motivated to do so. Like it's a very different thing when you're motivated to yes. to do the thing that you're doing. And it's a it's a yes. really big deal. Yeah, but, it is. So that's that's work. You Oh god, work is so weird. I <laughs> In the last Maybe. week, Megan and I I, mo- I mean I moved to the city where my one employee and that's a very that makes things very different we've been we are working four days a week together and we're meeting at nine in the morning and it's allowed me to like the other day someone texted me I was I was fucking around with somebody and they texted me about having sex and I remembered I used to be able to have sex anytime during the day like not that I had sex a lot like let's just be clear we all know I don't have sex but (laughs) I used to have the luxury of doing it of being oh sure like 10 a.m why not or I could I could meet it my my schedule was so fluid and flexible I was making my own hours and I'm not making my own hours anymore. I am committing to showing up from nine to five, four days a week with Megan so that we can work next to each other. And so we can iterate in real time and have this benefit of feeling like humans again, right? There's a very, very, there is that article that you posted that one time that was from the New, I think it was from the New Yorker. And it was, it was was like dial, like, what was it? It was dialogue. It was about the guy working from, from home. Oh, and he calls like like, the 911. Right. And and he's, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, he's like, help. I haven't, I haven't showered. Help. I can't stop snacking. It's like, it's so spot on. And I have to say, I mean, that's where I am right now. Like I, Work bleeds into every spot and I definitely, you know, it, it was, it was so, we got to share it when we share this episode. It's so, it's so, so good. And it's so crap. true. I, I just was, I, I, that leaving your job, especially when you're, when I was corporate, I was, you know, when I left 60 hours a week corporate, that was what about what I was down to at that point. I was uh, I was I was still working from home, but I at least had this discipline uh, and also this pressure of getting things mm-hmm. done on other people's schedules. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you're like it's like a vacuum, right? Like you just 
you uh, you expand into this void, this endless void, and it and all of a sudden you're just like, why not a pot of coffee at ten o'clock at night? Why not sex at eleven a.m.? I can I can wake up at nine a.m. every day if I want. Why would I shower? Who do I have to shower for? Uh, why not? Look at my fridge for the seventh time this morning and see what other food might be in there that could distract me from this. There's just this endless sense of, well, I've got time. Well, I've got time. I got time. And so, and it it's doesn't, so true. and you have to, for me, it was, it's always been this, the thing that has actually kept me on task is fear, just terror. Oh yeah. Sheer oh, yeah. terror has kept me on track and on task. <laughs> that is Absolutely. It. That is the only Fear thing. and terror and pain are really the only, yes. only things that ever teach me anything. <laughs> the only things. And I just, I remember I lost all my clients in what, 2000 and in, in late 2015, I lost all of my clients, like a one fell swoop and this really fucking violent exit from everybody. And <laughs> I, and and I was talking to Leon and I was I was just my psychic. Leon is my psychic. And I was telling him, I'm I'm out of money and I'm terrified. And he's like, Money is yours, money is coming to you. But what's happening right now is that you need to feel some pressure to actually get mm-hmm. shit done. And he was mm-hmm. right. Like every time the biggest thing has been, Oh my god, I can't run out of money. I can't go back to work and I can't and so fear has been a consistent motivator to make money. And uh, and not go back to where I don't want to go back to. And so how is work right now? Work is just in this amazing space because I walked in. We bought – we rented rework spaces yesterday. And I'm just sitting there and it's been three and a half years. And I'm at this point where I'm sitting there. Me and my employee both have computers that my company has paid for. I'm about to Uh contract 13 additional people to help with my next program. I am – I sent off my finalized – pitch deck yesterday to my to my co-founder guy and it's and finished my own model i made my own model my own fucking financial model and it works and it's good and i made my own fucking pitch deck and it works and it's good and i and i am organized and i'm structured and i know and i'm terrified about what i'm about to do but i also have this just incredible sense of i will figure it out because i figured it out to this point and it just was such a different thing yes. like 3 years ago right like trying to explain to people that i had a going concern or a business idea like it was just it, i felt mm. like such a joke I felt like such a joke explaining to people what I was doing or that I – it just – it always felt very tongue-in-cheek, very very um, immature. Like you're a fraud. Yeah. And like like I was a fraud but also very immature. I went from this place of I would walk – I could walk into any room in the city I lived in, any like professional room, explain to people the company I worked for. They would – there was name brand recognition. Mm -hmm. There was interest in what I did. I had a very impressive title. And and that was a very distinct source of uh, of identity. And then it – that just – 
fell the fuck out, right? And I, I think I've explained this before. I And after I came back from Italy and from my second yoga teacher training, I went to Umqua Bank. The CEO, the former CEO of my company was giving a talk at Umqua Bank and all of my former colleagues were there and I fucking watch it, walk in and I have a patchwork quilt bag and I'm wearing feather fucking earrings. <laughs> and I am, and I'm just like, hey guys. And I just, the divide I felt at that point, I would run into people and I would just, I'd be slogging. I was slogging and just trying to make this thing work and putting together blogs. And it just felt like so futile, right? It felt so futile at that time. Even though I knew it would succeed, it still felt futile. And I would run into people coming. I was surrounded at that time because I lived and I worked around, right around where the corporate headquarters were, the last company. And I would run into people and they would be in the middle of these pressing deadlines or talking about going to these events or like these different initiatives that were happening and I would regret it. I just was like, here's this person, they've got a stable income and they're leaving work and their hair is done and they're just together and I am fucking working underneath the dome at the fucking mall listening to the (laughs) nutcracker, you know, every hour and, and, and I can't even explain what it is I do and I Stink. I fucking stink. And I am carrying a tub of popcorn from the movie theater that I'm going to go home and sit in bed and eat. And so it's just this very, it's this thing, this thing that I loved. I had such an identity and I, I had such a, uh, there was so much of uh, my pride in my own self came from yeah. belonging to powerful organizations and having powerful titles. It was everything, right? Yeah. My job was everything, my yeah. identity. And I've spent the last couple of years in relative and non, like I, people here might know me, people listening to this might know me, but people don't know what the fuck I do. My family doesn't talk about it. People never talk about what I do in my real life. I went to brunch the other day with two of my best friends and the entire time, like none of, like no one talks to me about what I do. No one understands what I do or, or maybe they do, but it's just this, that's just not, it's not not important. Primary identity. It's not my primary. It is not my prime. It's true. It is not my primary identity in the way that I carry myself in my yeah. social life and in my family life. Um, right. It is a very different thing when I'm like at She Recovers or when you and I are together or when we're teaching a workshop or right. when I'm at work, right? right? But it, in, but there's actually this, I no longer, my identity is no longer served by uh, by that. And then, yeah. so it's just been this very weird period of time. This is much longer than I anticipated, but I'm going to finish it. It was this very different. There's this very weird period of time where I just was in this bubble of like not being anything right professionally. So it felt even though it's everything, it's still in my real life doesn't register as everything. It registers as being, you know, a blogger. Um, (laughs) Right. And then and then in the last week, it's turned into this. um oh my God, I'm the CEO of a company and I'm going to fucking do this thing. And yeah. I, and so it's a very, you know, a meeting with lawyers and design firms and the pitch decks and venture. Like it's a very different, um, and it's, and also, and I'm in charge and it's mine and it's the thing yeah. that I built. And it's something that for the first time I also feel, uh, I feel like I, 
You're a like container the, for it. I'm a container for it. And also I feel like uh, I'm not wearing – I'm not a little girl wearing big girl shoes. Like I actually feel like my shoes fit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's so – it's awesome to watch. And it really, really is. Yeah. So that's it. It's And it's exciting. I lo- And I love what I do. And I will – like I – we I was, who was I talking to about this? I was talking to – I think I was talking to Megan about it. How just – and for you guys that don't know, Megan is our – like she runs the admin portion of home and she's also – um, she also is my number one employee. She's my first employee. Um, mm-hmm. But she and I were talking about the money aspect of this. And the truth is it's going to be good because I don't give a fuck. Like the money is never the thing that's driving me in this. It's going to be good because right. we give a shit about what we're building. Not like yep. we, we don't give a shit about how much money we can potentially make off of it. And so it's yep. just got this this heart. And I would do it if I lost every – like I would never – there is – I would keep – doing it and not for the money um i know i know it's not wild it is because everything else i did before was always i mean there was a lot of other stuff but the primary driver and all of it was making money that was it yeah yeah and it never that never felt i mean it, there was never enough and yeah, yeah it, it's 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 cool to see how it evolves I, just hearing you tell all of that which is like that's the best ever it's been so so awesome to watch you um and to see you just come into it the my brother yesterday he's super into business and um he's super he, business. he really is he's like obsessed with he likes business you know he's always yeah. like thinking of companies and what he could do and he just reads all the books and um and I too to some degree but we he was asking me how it was going and um He's like, okay, so when are you, how can you replicate yourself? How are you going to grow? How are you going to, um, like, do you understand the model for how this is going to, and I was like, stop. I don't even know what to stop. I said, I don't even care about that. Like, all I really want is to be able to, like, live by the ocean and write a bunch of books. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, I'm not saying I won't grow, but I, do, it's just not, you know, like, well, you want to be an author and that doesn't require scale, right? Like that's a, yeah, it's, it's a just, really big thing. I actually don't want to do that, uh, you know, at all. So it's funny. It's just, you know, it's interesting what we, where we realize, you know, we realize what we want by doing things and, you know, it's not that I, and I also love teaching. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. Okay. Next week we're doing, next week we're releasing our interview with Jordan Bach, which I'm really excited about. Yes. Yes. We'll do that tomorrow. All right. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye, love. Bye, bye. Thank you.